Hello and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me is the National Director of Publications, Major Jamie Satterley. How are you doing today, Major? I would be a whole lot better if you had toned it down just a little. No, you're keeping the hype here. Co-host I'm on, doing great. Co-host on this podcast, co-host in life. We also have with us here co-host and producer, the editor, the one who really makes this whole thing work, the multimedia manager, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm hyped to be here. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, today's show I'm really excited about. If you've been with us for a little while, you'll know in the spring we interviewed all of the territorial youth secretaries. Well, there's been a change in the Western Territory. We have new territorial youth secretaries, and so we wanted to take the opportunity to introduce them and to get to know them a little bit better. So we have with us here today Captains Emmanuel and Jennifer Masango. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. Doing really good. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. We're great. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited you guys are here. And uh, so first question, tell us a little bit about yourselves. How long have you been territorial youth secretaries in the West? Ten minutes, something like that. So tell us about yourselves, your family, and then what, what are your responsibilities? Uh, well, it looks like Jennifer's pointing me to go first. <laughs> well, my name is Emmanuel. Uh, quick history about who I am. Um, you might be trying to guess where my accent is from. It's from all over the place. But I'm originally from Zimbabwe, which is in Southern Africa. And uh, uh, yeah, my accent has probably changed over time a little. I'm married to Jennifer, who is on this call as well. And uh, we have three boys that are really awesome and exciting and full of energy. They're ages eight, uh, soon to be 11 and 13. So we have a busy, fun household. Uh, we've been territorial youth secretaries for all of, what, two months now, I think. So it's, yes, yeah, still kind of a newbie. Uh, I'm Jennifer. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. Like Emmanuel said, um, we've been uh, now TYSs for the last two months. And it's been a journey of exploring how can we um, help at the core level from up here, just that kind of that struggle. But um, I was saved as a teenager and worked at camp for the Salvation Army at 19. That was my first introduction to the Salvation Army. Love camp um, and camp ministry. And right away I was like, wow, this ministry, there's something different about this versus um, the church I had been um, going to and just realized I wanted to be a part of what was going on at the Salvation Army. Um, we've loved being a part of CORE and doing all the different things, um, but we're excited about our role and excited about maybe the possibilities that God will do through us. That's awesome. Uh, Jennifer didn't say that we met at camp. She met me at camp and fell in love. We're huge, we're huge fans of camp here. My, Jamie and I met at camp and started dating at camp. Um, what, uh, Jennifer, what camp were you working at when you met the Army? Shout it out. Camp Gifford. Whoop, whoop. Hey, we were just okay. there. Well, yes. Almost. It's probably the best camp in the the nation, but um, shots fired. That's shot, that's a loaded question. That's a loaded statement. But I will say, do not send your kids to camp until you're ready for them to get married. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. So we went to training school from Spokane. So okay. after we got married, we lived there and went to training school from there. Nice. It's a fantastic core that building. I mean, the whole uh, listeners, you you need to go check out if you're near Spokane. Go check out the Salvation Army there. Uh, it's like almost an entire city block with all these different ministries and um, residences and uh, just all kinds of really amazing things that the Army has the opportunity to provide service to in the community. And so 
Go check it out. And it's, it's right nearby. next to it's right next to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Which listeners, if you don't know anything about Idaho, like the history books lie to us about Idaho. It's amazing. Like it is not what you see on Napoleon Dynamite. Like it's a legit awesome state. <laughs> so go visit. This is brought to you by Travel Idaho Tourism <laughs> Agency. Go ahead, Jamie. Next question, please save us. Yes. All right. So. Uh, prior to becoming territorial youth secretaries, I know you had there's uh, some other appointments in there, but you were divisional youth secretaries at one time, correct? Yes, we were. Mm-hmm. What division was that? Uh, we were in the Cascade Division, which covers Oregon and southern Idaho. In fact, that's where our, our first appointment as Corps officers was. So we spent a total of uh, nine years in that division. Really beautiful. Nice. That's a great stretch, nine years. So in your in your experience as uh, in youth ministry, both at the core and as divisional youth leaders, what is kind of the funniest or craziest thing that has happened to you in youth ministry? We've heard some doozies. We've heard some doozies on here. I don't know if you've heard past episodes from some of the TYSs before, but we have had some doozies on here. So there's nothing you can say. If it's real bad, we'll edit it. But you go for it. Fire us off. Go big. Okay. So a few years ago, as a divisional youth secretary, which you think you're young, or at least on the young side of things, I was responsible for running our social media, which is Facebook, and I don't know if we had a Twitter account or anything. Uh, This young adult from our division was doing a master's degree in communication and wanted to do a project. And so she came to interview me about my experience running our social media. And then she wanted to tell me how she wrote this thing down. And she said, well, I interviewed this middle-aged man who's responsible for running social media. I was so upset. I'm like, who are you calling a middle-aged man? Can, can I can I ask how old you were at the time? You know, excuse me, I was about 37, 38. Okay. But then I was like, well, it, it is true, but I, I don't be called a middle-aged man. That's old. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You just said that's true. I just turned 38 uh, last month, and so now I'm feeling feeling the, the arrow there. <laughs> At least in my world, 38 is bad. So I was offended then when I thought about it. I should not have been offended because she was just <laughs> telling it like it is. That's Yeah, that's rough. I'm sorry, man. How about you, Jennifer? Do you... Uh... Um, no, I think, you know, in youth ministry, man, I can tell so many stories, some of them appropriate and some probably not, um, <laughs> as kids say it like it is. Uh, probably one of them when we were D- divisional youth secretaries, um, we had a young adult retreat and we did um, an amazing race. We called it Encounter the Race. So the whole weekend was encounters. We encountered different things, encountering the race. And we had we basically gave bus tickets to all of the young adults and had them running through Portland they had to take a tram, they had to take buses, they had to take trains, all kinds of stuff. But just seeing the young adults get so competitive, they had colored shirts. I mean, it was crazy. They were running through town and even trying to like um, basically tease the other teams, say, your team just got off the bus. And so the person was like getting ready to get off the bus, but he, they were basically <laughs> trying to split up their group. Um Young adults are vicious. Like people were like <laughs> almost running each other over, trying to get out of the parking lot fastest. It was um, it was crazy. It was so fun. Um, we're pretty competitive people, so I I understood it. I was like, it, you know, if somebody gets hurt, that's the game. Like let's go. <laughs> like it was fun. We had a we had that's a awesome. blast. And, um, yeah, that's the that's the attitude you bring to youth ministry. Sometimes, like, yeah, look, you get hurt. That's on you. 
Yeah, because that's the game, right? So some of the young people said, oh, can we do this in a different city next year for a young adult retreat? But we were like, um, you know, it was a lot of work. That's funny. That's awesome. That's great creative programming. That's awesome. Yeah, y'all started a whole new thing. Now we're going to have to take it it on tour across America. (laughs) All right, now a religious question, a faith question, a spiritual question. We'll bring that down. What what do you guys like? You've been here two months, right? What and we know that you have a heart for youth. You want to see kids come to know Jesus. What what do you, what what's the Western Territory doing really well right now that you want to continue? But what are some other priorities that you have? What do you want to accomplish in your time? What are you trying to focus on as at this time as being the Territorial Youth Secretaries out in the West? Well, you know, there's a lot of great things happening, especially in a year that's been challenging for programming for core officers, for youth departments. But people have been really, really creative at doing like we saw a core that was doing driving troops with social distancing. Uh, we saw people doing troops on Zoom. We saw people dropping off packets for troops at homes. So just a lot of great things um, some of the focuses we want to pay a little more attention to in the department is uh, Christian education. Um, they say that surveys show that um, this is some of the, the most biblically illiterate generation we have. And I think as a church, as an organization, we need to focus on that. So bringing greater emphasis on Christian education, especially through Sunday school, junior soldiers and, and things like that. And another thing we're passionate about is uh, youth, developing youth leaders. Sometimes you show up at a church as a young adult. Oh, hey, can you teach Sunday school? And boom, you're teaching. And people are so nice. They're not going to say no, but sometimes we <laughs> don't actually train them, right? We just put them to work. So we, we feel like we need to spend more time actually developing our leaders because when we equip them better, they can better deliver on whatever they're doing. And they love it more because they feel more equipped. So at this point, this is maybe the two main focuses we would like to have. Yeah. So in all your work with young adults and teens and children, what has you most concerned uh, looking at Gen Z and the culture that they're having to navigate, what what do you have? What are you most concerned about with their spiritual growth? Can I ask this too? Can I drop this question in? Like, what do your teenagers, young adults, children face, perhaps in a Western territory context as well? That like perhaps you guys have to deal with that you know might not happen other places. Uh, for me, I think it's not really a new thing. It just looks different for every uh, generation. Uh, the distractions that this world gives. Um, there's just, I feel like all the kids these days, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be famous. I want to be an influencer. Like so many kids and young adults are like that. And so I feel like the world has this really super attractive thing you can do and make money and be famous. And sometimes that pulls them away from maybe living the life that God has called them to live. There's, you know, famous people that are believers, which is great. But a lot of times I feel like our young people are challenged by going after fame, even just being rich. It's like, well, you know, scripture says, you know, if you're rich and you don't have your life together, at least your faith in the Lord, you're really not rich. Um, and so I just feel like finding ways of um, showing uh, our young people that there's there's a whole much more fulfilling life in the Lord. It's not just about being rich and famous or having the most likes or the most followers. For me, that's one of the biggest distractions there is. And I think too, um, you know, our faith requ- requires surrender. And um, surrender to God and not just what you were saying, like things that are failing or that that are not secure as in our faith in Christ, right? 
And I think um, when we talk about surrender, we, there's a lot of young people and even ad- us adults or middle aged that are saying, wait, hold on. Like no one's going to tell me how to live my life. But there's a surrender. There's freedom in surrender. And when we say, God, I can't do this alone. I need your help. It's a beautiful thing. And I just think if we can, if there can be a revival of young people understanding like that when we give our life to Christ, there's, there's life in that. For sure. For sure. That's a word guys. Great job. All right. (laughs) What, what's your go-to story? What is the thing that happened that you have seen in youth ministry where you, you know, it perhaps on those days where we're just feel like giving up, you know, where you're just like, why am I doing this? But then you remember that kid or that story. Maybe something that happened at camp or something that just happened at the core. And that reminds you why you do what you do, why you keep going. When you saw that heart changed by Jesus or a kid just got it. And maybe it's not a kid. We always, I mean, it's youth stuff, but maybe it was an adult. What, what's that go-to story that just keeps you coming into the office day in, day out? I can share. Um, for the sake of the story, I'll, I'll name this young lady Sharon. Um, but Sharon came from a household where her mom was always drunk. She was 16 years old. Um, her mom would come to drunk, come to the core drunk and like shout out during the service. She was so embarrassed. But this young lady kept coming to the core and um, she basically after a while began to call us mom and dad. And um, we just grew to love her so much. But this challenge, I remember one day um, she was her senior a month away from graduating. And I was like, I just had this feeling like she quit school. And I, I just believe it was God. I went right over to her house and sure enough, she wasn't, she was at home on a school day. And I said, what are you doing, Sharon? What are you doing? And she's like, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm quitting. And really it came down to her finishing her last project. And she was so overwhelmed and anxious about this last project. And I'm like, come on, get in the car. I'll take you. I'll take you. Come on, we can do this. And the teacher contacted her, helped her with this last project. We helped her put the board together and walking in and seeing her graduate. Um, she's struggled with addiction herself over the years. She's been a bit of our prodigal daughter, <laughs> if I can say that. But um, we've been praying for her and just believing that there's nothing that's impossible for God. And some of our kids throughout this throughout the world, really, they're dealing with some very difficult circumstances. And we have the hope that we can give. That's what drives me every day. Great. We can give hope. Listeners out there, we're going to be praying for Sharon. All right. So if you're out there, you know, we don't know Sharon, but the Lord does. So just keep sharing in your prayers today, please. How about you, Emmanuel? What story just keeps you going? Uh, mine goes a few years back as well. We had uh, f- uh, somebody from our core that uh, unfortunately got hit by a car and they were in um, a coma. They had to to pull the plug. Um, and this person left behind their husband and, and two kids uh, that, you know, still pretty young. Um, and the daughter that was probably about seven or eight um, drew this picture while we were at the hospital waiting in the waiting room that had her mom in the building. So when we asked what this picture was about, she said, this is the happy place for my mom and I, because her mom and her would always come to the core. And the mom had some some uh, uh, special needs, but she was like the most joyful person. Unfortunately, she's the one that was dying. So she said the building was the Salvation Army. So for her, the place of happiness was her, her mom, and the Salvation Army. I'm like, wow, this is deep. Like we can call other places the happiest place on earth, but for this child is the place of safety, of place of love and acceptance. So for me, it reminds me as a Salvation Army officers, 
you know, we interact with people along the way and they are looking at us as that place of hope, a place of peace, a place of this is where I go to. In fact, this person just uh, uh, recently sent me a friend request on Facebook and they're like, oh, grown up and an adult. And that's the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, the Salvation Army was there for her in this deep time of need. And it's just amazing. And God allows us to be part of those stories, not because we we are good, but because of his grace. And uh, that's that keeps me going. That's awesome. That'll preach. That's great stuff, guys. Great story. All right. Well, we're going to close up with the question that we ask every week. What is giving you joy? Elizabeth, do you want to go first today? These are always great. These are always Um, great. This one's really different for me. Okay. I'm talking football. I'm talking Joe Staley, former 49ers football player. Do you know him? Okay. Okay. Keep going. Just keep going. He's a a former player and he's totally hip. And now he's going to be a commentator for the pre-show and after show of the 49ers this year. How cool is that? Are you a 49ers fan? Okay, I am by association, but and I love Jimmy G and George Kittle. I love the bromance. I don't watch football, but I live for the bromance. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth is just throwing down 49er references out here. That's are you right. Sure, Listen, are you sure you're not I'm from impressed. the Western Territory? Well, it sounds right. like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you a football fan, Elizabeth? Okay, here's the thing. Like, I... No. I mean, no. Who am I going to be? No. I don't know anything about football. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. It sounded like you were though. Thank no, you. Listen, I, yes, you, listen, you got all the lingo down. You talked you, you I can make some small talk. Yeah. You did it. You crushed it. Well done. Thanks. All right. Jennifer, what's giving you joy? I'll say for sure all the time is Lucky Charms. Hey. I can eat them dry, I can eat them with milk. I can eat them in those little bars. Pretty much anything, Lucky Charms. Um, but on a like work level is definitely just being able to strategize for growth and youth ministry and um, depth and numbers. Like, let's get this moving. Like, I'm excited after COVID, ready for things to liven back up and get moving. How about you, Emmanuel? What's, what's giving you joy, man? Okay. The first one uh, for me, I try to go to Starbucks once a week because my wife says I can go more often. So on Mondays, usually I look forward to going to Starbucks for my weekly cup of joy. Uh, The second thing uh, is our our kids just uh, started soccer. We registered them when we're still in Sacramento because we're like, we're going to get in, get into soccer. I, I taught my kids soccer as soon as they could walk. So like eight, nine, 10 months, you're playing soccer. So this last week, um, yeah, my oldest and my middle son was actually playing up at two levels. They were on the same team and they both got to score a goal and they both got to like, it was like, yeah, I, Jennifer was laughing at me because she looked at me and caught me like just standing there smiling. And, yeah. <laughs> After the boys scored the soccer goal, they came over to the sideline. Jennifer had a baggie of Lucky Charms for half time. Yeah. <laughs> you go, buddy. Pour it on. <laughs> uh, for me, what's giving me joy right now is I have, we still have a Nintendo 64 at our house that I had since since I was a kid that is still working. We bought this thing in 1995. And so my daughter found it the other day. We plugged it in and it works. And she's been rocking to the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which is literally like 30 years old and this thing still works. Wow, It's been cool. You know, like it still had my last saved game on it. So when I opened it, you know, gosh, 25 years later, I was like, oh, that hasn't aged well. (laughs) Some (laughs) Some of the names... Like Super McFly or whatever screen name. I was like, <laughs> but uh, other than that, that's a good time. It's good because like it's something get to you know hang out with your daughter playing a video game 
but it's also a lot of nostalgia. How about you, Jamie? Wrap us up. What's giving you joy? All right. Mine's tied right on in with Elizabeth's. Football is starting. For me, it's college football. We had college first college game day last week. College game day is coming up this week, week one. My Oklahoma Sooners are highly ranked, which always makes me nervous because that means we're going to, you know, bomb. Yep, like, they'll lose. They'll lose the first. Happens. They'll lose the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Matt, Matt, I appreciate your commentary. Would you like to comment on no, the last game of last season when Elizabeth. the Oklahoma Sooners destroyed the Florida Gators? I didn't. I didn't Elizabeth, think edit all this out. Edit all this out. Here, this is that is giving <laughs> me joy. That game gave me a lot of joy. That last I game might, of season. I might say a cuss word right now just so that you have <laughs> to edit. Just so you have to edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Finish your thing. I'm sorry. No. So yes, my Oklahoma Sooners are back. I'm excited. It's that time of year. Also excited to see what happens with Matt's football team. <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> Emmanuel. <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for uh, just being on here, hanging out with us. Thank you for what you're doing. We are praying for you guys as you serve out in the Western Territory, and you're going to lead kids to Jesus. Thank you for that. Thanks for having some fun with us. Appreciate you leading the team as you disciple and train up youth leaders like you. Like you said, that's awesome. For sure. We'll see you at Youth Commission uh, here in a month or something like that. So uh, that's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. So be sure to listen and to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out Peer website, peermag.org, or follow Peer on the socials at peer.magazine. And lastly, if you want, you can catch Major Jamie as she two times us on another <laughs> and podcast. And Elizabeth, not just me. <laughs> yeah, but Elizabeth doesn't Elizabeth doesn't ever jump in on those too much. Until next time, this has been the Battleline Podcast. Bye.